We read together, please, from the Gospel by Mark in chapter 1. The Gospel by Mark in chapter 1, reading from verse 30. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever. And anon, or immediately, they tell him of her. And he, that is the Lord Jesus, came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. Now that's all we shall read this afternoon, just now, from the Scriptures of truth where is Botswana I hope you know brother O'Hare has very wisely distributed a little map so you know where France is I carry two maps everywhere with me here they are that's the shape of southern Africa and Botswana is right in the middle so now you know where it is landlocked 1000 miles from the sea the land of the Kalahari desert dry, barren, dusty Botswana as we call it we achieved independence in 1966 we are a multi-party democracy and every five years we have elections every political party in Botswana has a sign and a one word slogan and a symbol and when the ruling party are campaigning through our streets they do this And they shout their slogan, Soleza! Soleza! And if you saw the party literature and their t shirts and their caps, you would see the symbol. And it's a car jack, a bottle jack that mechanics use when they're wanting to work under a vehicle. By this time, I think you will have worked out what the word Soleza means, why they do this. Soleza means to lift up. To lift up. So their goal is to lift up the nation. In education and health and commerce, lift the nation up. But you and I know, don't we? There's only one man, one man only, who can lift sinners up. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ, my Lord and yours. He lifts us up. And this afternoon, for a little time, I'm going to tell you of those whom he has lifted up out of their sins. He lifts us up. A few general facts about Botswana. We have stability and liberty. Things were peaceful until this year. But our new president, President Ian Kama, he's 58 years old, he's a bachelor. He is a great-grandson of the great Christian chief, Kama the Great. And F.S. Arnett, Fred Stanley Arnett, the first assembly missionary to those parts, knew the Christian chief, Kama the Great. When our president, President Ian Kama, was being inaugurated, he said, I want to take the nation forward on four principles. 
the principle of democracy, the principle of development, the principle of discipline, and the principle of dignity. That sounded good. And yet, in recent days, just a few months ago, we had a very troublesome strike. Do you see what's happening in Egypt? In Libya? In Algeria? Threatening to happen in Syria? That atmosphere, that virus has infected Botswana. And the opposition party were saying, let's have a change of government. Let's change the regime. We have elections every five years, not like those other people in other parts. They have something to complain about perhaps, but not Botswana. And yet we see that Botswana is changing. Assembly work is 42 years old. There are six couples serving the Lord from overseas and a dear sister Joy Griffiths who has been with us since 1990. Joy hasn't been too well and I would commend her to you for your prayers. Last year she had surgery and she recovered but slowly and hasn't been too well but God willing she's due to go back in January and be back home for Botswana is her home. We have six assemblies in this big barren country, mostly down the eastern side. We preach the gospel anywhere and everywhere. We preach in halls. We preach in tents. We preach in the open air, under trees, in yards, in homes, in schools, in colleges, in universities, in clinics, in hospitals, in prisons at weddings, at funerals. If you've graduated and you want to celebrate, well, come along and preach the gospel there. If you buy a new house, or you built a new house, and you want to invite your friends in, we'll come along and preach the gospel there. Preaching it anywhere, everywhere, to anyone and everyone. And God has prospered the work of the gospel in the land of Botswana. I know of dozens and dozens of dear folks who have, by the grace of God, been lifted up out of their sins. And now they're the children of God on their way to heaven and home. Can I tell you the gospel works? The same gospel that you know. We can take it to Africa. We don't need to change it. Different culture, different people, but the very same need, it meets it. And it is the life-giving, life-transforming message of the gospel. Things can never be different when we trust Christ. All things become new. So that's just a general comment or two. In the last uh, year, this year, we have enjoyed having two baptisms in Khabarone, where my wife and I uh, live and work. And then just a few weeks ago, we received a message by telephone, one of those text messages, to tell us that Zimba had got saved. So God is still saving. God is still working. This gospel is still the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. Now... We have conferences. We had a July conference. Mr. John Grant and Dr. Terry Gilpin were with us 
and I should tell you what the shopping bill uh, was like in Botswana in Habarone in our July conference we have a three day conference about 350 people we supply four hot meals we cook them in the big black pots you know over a wood fire we ordered 300 pounds weight of beef 100 pounds weight of chicken 200 pounds of rice, cabbage, carrots, potatoes, mealy meal, lots of other things. We had a great time at our conference. If we do happen to eat goat, sometimes we do, the old men are given the head. That's a very special treat. So if you're coming to visit us, be prepared. If you're a little bit older, you may get the head to enjoy over lunch. Now what about specifics? I want to tell you about someone that I know. He's not a statistic. He's not a number. He's my best friend. And God has lifted him up. When we moved to Habarone, the capital, it was just a small town then. Now today it's a big city, modern city. When we moved there in February of 1984, Jim Legg, our senior colleague, said to us, Now Clark, when you moved from Surawe, we had been learning the language, we had been helping in the medical work, doing bush clinics out there, out in the the forest you would call it. When we moved down to Haberoni, Jim said, Clark, you start as you mean to go on. I thought that was great advice. There were just three other believers, my wife and myself, just five of us, an Indian brother and his wife from Kerala State. Uh, They didn't know the language, unfortunately so they couldn't really help uh, closely in the gospel work so how do you start we were given a house in a street with African neighbours how were we to start well we visited our neighbours and we organised a gospel meeting for our home Thursday evening 7 o'clock I went round all the doors I was very well received Oh, we're so glad you've come. You've come to preach the word of God. That's very good indeed. Oh, we're so happy we will come. Seven o'clock Thursday, we put our two little children down to sleep, arranged hymn books and chairs, and I waited for the big crowd pouring in. I had a long wait. There wasn't even a trickle, not a pour, not a trickle. I looked at the clock and I looked at my wife and we looked at one another and not one person came to our first gospel meeting how did we feel we felt very very small indeed but that's good when you get to that point we began to realize if God is going to do anything in this place he alone can do it we took encouragement from the words of the Lord to the Apostle Paul in Corinth be not afraid but speak and hold not thy peace for I am with thee and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee for I have much people in this city I said to my wife that night Hazel I've prepared a gospel message on Romans chapter 1 and said we'll have a ministry meeting and so we sung a hymn and I prayed and I stood to minister to my wife on Romans chapter 1 and I went over the time I said yes I did and she forgave me that's how we started our first gospel meeting no one came it makes you pray more earnestly I'll tell you that 
and to look to the Lord and then a few neighbours started to come to our home I suppose they were suspicious for almost two years we saw no fruit no one saved at all we were preaching weekly in our home Thursday night on the Lord's Day visiting prison I was doing medical work part time medical work as a volunteer for the government for two years we saw no one saved and then God moved in his own time in his own way and he saved the first he was a prisoner serving five years for having killed an old woman in his village one night in a drunken rage I used to go every week and preach the gospel as best I could Sichuan is a difficult language I spent years studying it and I'm still learning it I'm still a learner but we tried our best to make the gospel clear and plain and this young man professed to be saved his name was you just call him serving five years God saved him God lifted him up out of his sins gave him life forgiveness, peace, joy, liberty all in Christ Christ is the only one who can lift sinners up the prison guard said oh we've seen all this before they say that you know just to get a reduced sentence so they can leave earlier it won't last well that was October 1985 and it still lasts and today he's one of my best friends and he's a respected elder in the assembly in Khabarone God lifted him up when he came out of prison he had no work so we bought him some tools and he made benches for our work and then later on he went into uh, a banking company when he went for interviews you see he would tell the truth where have you been all these years well actually I've been in prison he didn't want to conceal anything so he told the truth but you know eventually he got a job in a banking company and he just rose up and up and up the ladder because of his conscientious ways and his faithfulness when he had no work that was a problem then he had no wife I remember him saying to me one day I've seen a lovely lady she goes to the Seventh Day Adventists and uh, I think I would like to ask her to be my wife I said oh we need to have a little chat I said well that's very good I know you're seeking a partner for life and I know there's no one here at the moment for you but this would be a mistake and then I give some reasons why it would be a mistake months later he told me my words were like an injection they were painful but then they did some good and he backed away from that and the Lord provided a lovely wife for him of course there were many pressures from his family he has known personal sorrow but he is a brother with a shepherd heart he has one daughter in heaven already she was a renal transplant patient she was using the immunotherapy that you need to give them she was immunocompromised she took an infection of chickenpox, and God took her home I remember the day he called me we rushed to his side because he's my friend he's not a statistic he's my best friend and he has a daughter now in heaven her name was Tiboho she was 21 years of age so we need to pray for brethren like that God has used them they are growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ they are elders they have shepherd hearts 
God has lifted him up. Please pray for his preservation and the preservation of others like him. But you know, when the Lord Jesus Christ saves us, he not only lifts us up. He doesn't give us a Bible and tell us that he'll meet us on the other side. My Bible tells me and shows me that the Savior bears us up on the journey home. He has lifted us up. And now he's continuing to bear us up. He is there for us. Thank God for such a Savior. Our great high priest. Our shepherd. Our advocate. Our friend. That's what Christ is to his people today. Not just our Savior. He's there at God's right hand for us. He is bearing us up. All of us have problems. All of us have difficulties. All of us have challenges. But he is bearing us up. Mackay and her husband. I'm going to mention another believer. Mackay was... A little lady who lives in the village of Tlokweng, that's where we live, on the outskirts of Havarone. We had cottage meetings in our home, and she came with her husband. That's very unusual. Please don't think that people flock to gospel meetings in Botswana. They do not. We have to work really hard, and very rarely do we get men coming. We have got lots of children, hundreds of children, hearing the gospel every week. In Haverone and the surrounding district alone, we have ten weekly classes. We call them Sunday schools, even though there will be two Monday, three Monday Sunday schools, two Tuesday Sunday schools. That all sounds Irish, doesn't it? But you know what I mean. We have children's classes nearly every day of the week. And hundreds of children are hearing God's word. But men are hard to reach. This woman and her husband came every night of those meetings and at the end of them by God's grace she was saved she and her husband weren't very well when we went to Botswana AIDS wasn't even heard of never heard of it then we started to see the first few cases in the clinics and then we began to get tuned in we would get young folk with Bell's palsy and young folks with shingles painful skin disease which is unusual in young folk and we would test them and we would find sadly they were positive Mackay and her husband were not very well but she was saved and the family was transformed it was changed Christ always brings a change he changes you he changes your family he changes how you work how you study how you live what you say what you do Christ always brings a change and they certainly changed her life and the life of her family both of them took very sick and they were both admitted to the hospital in Haberone where the husband passed away the very day that she was told her husband had gone she was witnessing to the woman next to her in the bed beside her she said you see my husband left it too late don't you leave it too late and the woman trusted Christ beside her the day her husband died when she came out of hospital we thought going to the funeral would kill her but you know the Lord sustained her and healed her in a measure so there she is a widow, young family, four children her sister's a drunkard she's HIV positive her sister five children, her brothers are wasters they're always drinking alcohol when she would go out to the meeting she never knew what she would find when she came back sometimes they had sold her gas cylinder to get money 
Sometimes they sold her wheelbarrow and garden tools to get money for beer. Sometimes they went through her clothing and looking for money. So she started to hide money in the, in the toe of what you would call a trainer. We would call it a, a sneaker or a trainer. That's where she hid their money. She said, he'll never think of looking in there. That's all that she was facing because of her faithfulness to Christ. Wanting to go to the meetings, never knowing when she got back what she would find. We said to her not very long ago, her sister moved in with her and the sister's five children and her own four children. And we just sometimes wonder how she ever manages to feed them, to send them to school, to clothe them. We try to help where we can. But how is she going to go on? Well, I'll tell you, he bears her up. We can help, oh yes, but the Lord has promised to bear us up. He's lifted us up. He can bear us up, and that's what he's doing. We have many widows in fellowship. Sometimes they are tired and weary with responsibility, burdened down with care. But the Lord who saved them is a Lord who will bear them up and take them safely home. Please pray for Oe. Please pray for Ma Kay in all that she has to contend with as a young woman bringing up a big family on her own. She's got a little job. She gets a, how many pounds? It would be about 40 pounds a month. What's that? $60 a month to look after everyone. Hazel said to her, Ma Kay, why did you take your sister in with all all?" She says, She's my sister. What can I do? Uncomplainingly. But the Lord is bearing her up. So he lifts us up. He bears us up. But there's even better to come. Because one day he's going to take us up. And take us in. To be with him. And to see him. And to be like him. For we shall see our Lord as he is. Let me tell you about Petros in closing. Petros was an old man when we first got to know him. He was the night watchman for when we were building our first hall in Habarone. He was the night watchman. And we would go down with our children and he loved to speak with them and speak with us. He would be cooking over a fire. He would have a little tin boiling up the water. He would throw in a few peanuts and a few bits of this and that for his evening meal. A dear old African man called Petros. He heard the gospel a few times but he wasn't saved. And then a few years later we threw the testimony of one of our young brethren out in a distant village. We go there every Wednesday. We heard of a young man being saved. When we chatted with this young man, we discovered Petros was his grandfather. So Petros started to come and hear the gospel again. And by God's grace, he was saved. Twenty years after we first made friends with him on the building site. Twenty years. Some things don't happen overnight, you know. But I tell you, it's worth it. It's worth it. To wait for God's time to see what God can do even in the life yes of these young folk many young folk have been saved they bring their mothers the mothers get saved 
but to see God's grace even in the life of a dear old man like Petros. He was about 80 when he got saved. He doesn't know his age exactly. That's common with many old people in Botswana. So, how do you help new believers? We feel that you should take time with new believers on their own and sit down and help them to understand the basics, the fundamentals of our faith. But Petrus had a problem he could not read. We visited uh, his village every Wednesday. Uh, My wife would take some children over under a tree over there, teach the children, and I would go and have a time of teaching with Petrus. He was always dressed up. His hat, his stick, his briefcase. He kept a Bible and some papers there. He couldn't read, of course, but he was all ready. And in Botswana, they're very polite. You just don't barge in through a gate. I have to knock and say, Coco, Coco, I have to announce that I'm arriving. He can see me, of course, but I have to announce it. And then I open the greetings. And I will say, Hello, old man. And he will say, hello, father of the flower, my African name. Hello, Rastunya. And then I will say, how did you get up? He said, I got up nicely. How did you get up? Oh, I got up very nicely. I'm quite well. And how is your family? Oh, my family is very well. And how is your family? Oh, my family is very well. And so then we would start the little study. And the best way we could do it was this. I read a little piece from the scriptures. He would repeat it. And then I would start explaining it in little phrases that he would repeat. And this is how we were seeking to build him up and teach him. A new believer in Christ, 80 years of age. And then right in the middle of it, quite often he would say, Rastunya Ikete, hold on, let me tell you a story. And then he would start to tell me a long story about how he was a young man in the mines in South Africa and all the things that happened. And then right in the middle of it he could suddenly burst out into song. And I had to join him singing there under the tree. And the African sun, his favourite hymn was Beulah Land. Beulah Land. A couple of years ago he took sick. He was lying in bed at home. He says to his daughter, bring me my coat. Bring me my briefcase. I'm going home. She says, father, you're confused. You are at home. He says, no. Bring me my coat. Bring me my briefcase. I can hear the chariots are coming. I'm going home. And that's how the Lord took him home. And took him up. And took him up. Because he's promised to take us safely home. And that's for you and me, isn't it? For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Praise God for Christ. Praise God for Calvary. The one who lifts us up. The one who bears us up and the one who one day will take us up. He's taken Petros safely home. I can't ask you to pray for Petros. He's safely home. And he's going to bear us all safely home. Now my time is gone.
And I trust you'll remember to pray for Rowitlo Heitze. God lifted him up. An elder. And we need to pray for our elders. It's a very difficult job trying to shepherd the sheep. Pray for our elders. Pray for away. And then pray for those who face many burdens that we hardly can understand. Weights and burdens and trials and tribulations. Pray for Mackay that the Lord, and we know the Lord will continue to bear her up. Thank God there are saints in Botswana that I'm going to meet in heaven. If one soul from Habarone meets me at God's right hand, my heaven will be two heavens in Emmanuel's land. May the Lord bless his word.